0: Everybody episode 57 with Louie part 2 is about to start and we dive into a lot of great stuff So from what we like seeing on the social media world from coaches and what we don't like We talk about plagiarism and most importantly we talk about a lot of the shitty fad diets out there And we just kind of hammer while Louie just destroys the whole 30 And from there we're going to talk about a little bit about the bodybuilding world and why Louis does it, and what kind of goes into someone's mind when prepping for these shows, and if it's actually worth it for an individual to do it. So a lot of great information. Hope you guys like it. Let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cut the Shit Get Fit. I'm your host Rafael Muchoshevsky, and joining me today once again is Louis Guarino. Say hello. Yo, what's going on, everybody? So this is awesome because this is the first time I have a part two. So I'm super excited and I kind of wanted to start off because I think last time when we were chatting, I think you were just announcing that you had group coaching going on and I think it started so far, right?
1: Yeah, that's correct. We are actually, um, we are going, we're ending our fourth week of our first, of our 12, um, it's going super well. It's going really well actually. You know, just having that whole group aspect, you know, it's it's you know, community, right? Everybody wants to be part of something and then everybody has the same goal. So it's just connecting people from, you know, all over the country, you know. As of right now everybody's in is in North north america so we're talking you know canada u.s but even just connecting people from varying areas of 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 the country right and just totally different backgrounds yet they all have the same goal it's pretty cool
0: that's awesome and like i was gonna ask like because with online training like one of the things that are really hard to do is to create that community and i know a lot of people are like oh you know we'll have a facebook group we'll you know email each other all the time but do you do anything different to kind of get that community a little bit better than just a facebook group or anything like that
1: um to be fair not really if you know how to utilize it in a way that's going to be um what's the word if, if you just know to be yourself essentially right you know you know it doesn't matter necessarily the platform it could be facebook groups it could be you know skype calls like what we're doing it could be video calls video conferences if you're yourself you know it's it, it kind of just manifests the way it does and I think it's not necessarily the um, it's not necessarily the, the outlet that you're using, it's just if you're able to connect with the people that you're trying to connect with right, so with my Facebook group, you know I have, I keep it very very um, you know, with, with the group coaching I keep it very uh, straightforward and you know they know that certain access, you know, to me is going to be, is, is limited versus somebody who's my one-on-one, you know, because when it's a group, uh, when it's a group, um, when it's, uh, let me let me rephrase that. When it is uh, a group going for the same thing, they're going to all essentially have, for the most part, the same questions, right? So I'm not going to have 20, 30 people emailing me or messaging me the same exact question so everybody knows and they respect the, the policy to post the question in the group. Because if one person has this question, more than likely the rest of them do. So everybody learns in a group setting. And that's you know how I run it. And it's been doing very well. And I think that they, they actually enjoy it because some people are too shy to ask questions. So when one person asks, they'll say, Oh, wow. You know, I thought about that same exact question where I I was feeling the same exact way. Yeah. How would you do this? And then boom, next thing you know, you're creating a whole conversation around one question that everybody had. Right. So it just makes it easier.
0: No, that makes sense. And I think the thing you said about like having a personality is freaking huge. Because I look at someone like uh, Patrick Umfrey with his Facebook group that Eat Train Progress And like his personality, he's just like so goofy and out there and doesn't care what other people think. And people just gravitate towards that. I think that's like really important as a coach because like I've met some coaches that are so qualified. They have masters and PhDs, but their personality is like as interesting as a doorknob. And you're like, how are you going to connect with anybody with that? Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's it's –
1: you know, John. You know, John Goodman from OnlineTrainer.com dot uh, and PTDC. I'm just throwing those out there because I love him and I love those sites because they're the ones that I found when I first became a trainer. Um, you know, he, you know, we have conversations. You know, we have conversations about this type of thing, and you know, he even wrote this uh, one article, and and the premise was, look, like you can do all the Facebook marketing in the world. You can do all the Instagram ads and Facebook ads, YouTube and Reddit ads. You can do all this stuff and you can have all the knowledge in the world. But if you're not able to connect with people on an emotional level, on a intellectual level, meeting them where they are and help bringing them up, you're not going to do them anything. Like none of that information or that knowledge or skill actually matters because the main skill that gets people to do the work and that gets them empowered is your ability as the coach to connect with them. And if you can't do that, yeah, you're, you're not going to see the type of success and results with your clients that you probably would like, even if you know everything, you know, I I know that I don't know a lot. Um, I, well, I do know a lot, but I don't know. I don't know everything, and I'm not going to pretend to know everything. But my clients trust me because they know that if I don't know, I'm going to search for them. And you know that you know that that bit of empathy um, and sympathy that they have for me, not knowing, you know, is a way for us to kind of connect on that level. Like, you know what, I've got your back, you know, and, and I know that you've got mine, you know what I mean? And we all, that's, you know, it's the, the clients make the should in fact make the coach better. And the coach obviously will be making his clients or her clients better. So, you know, if personality is huge, you know, for me, I love using slang and Ebonics and hip hop references and, Disney references once in a while, like, you know, cause that's what I grew up on and and that's who I am. And, you know, I'm not gonna, I can't change who I am on that type of level simply to, um, maybe kind of, or something that isn't there, I guess, you know, for a, for a lack of a better, a uh, term or statement.
0: Yeah. And I think another person who does really well is Jordan Syatt and like he just can connect to the regular Joe so well. And I remember um, I had an opportunity to meet with him last March and within the hour that we were just chatting, like he asked all the right questions. Like he got so deep into my life. I'm like, Holy crap. Like I haven't had a conversation like this in such a long time. Like he was asking me like, Oh, why did I immigrate from Poland to Canada? Like how long have I been living in Canada? Like where are my parents from? Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, do you do this with all your clients too? Like, you would get yeah. so deep rooted into their lives, and then they'll be like, oh my God, I trust you even more. And yeah. like, I like, e- even w- I tell like new trainers coming into the industry, I'm like, you need to get to know your client as best as possible. Like, know their kids' names, know what they're doing on the weekends, know if they have some big event coming up. Like, that's all really freaking important. Yeah.
1: I mean, for instance, I had a client talk to me today earlier. Um, She's in the military. Her husband's in the military. Um, He is about to go through some really tough work. Um, And she is going, you know, she's going to be there for him as much and as best as she can. And, you know, this ceremony that's supposed to be happening, I think it's September sometime Um, she told me and I marked it on my calendar because, you know, I wanted, I want to be able to celebrate that with my clients. You know, if, if you, if you're going into this, if you're going to training in general, and, and I actually have to speak more or less to the online training and the online trainers right now, um, because there's such a, you know, there's such a disconnect between with with online trainers and clients because they feel that you know they just give a you know they 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 type out a program, some cookie cutter nonsense, and give somebody this you know this this ridiculous meal plan, or they just spit out macro numbers and it's like, hey, here you go. And that's not what coaching is. You know, coaching is not that. It's actually being a part of your clients' lives and being a and and you don't have to be so you know you don't have to be like incredibly um, intrusive into their lives and like constantly asking them like, Oh, you know, what's going on with you and your husband or you and your wife or, you know, what's, what's the deal with your kids? Like if they decide to share that with you, of course, you can be that ear for them and, and, and definitely, you know, talk to them and maybe help them get through it a bit. Um, Maybe because you are the only outlet, but again, it, this all circles back to your personality being you and just, you know, learning to actually you know care for the client because the the process you know the the whole body composition aspect of training because you know and I, and I can speak to myself when I say this um, when it comes to you know clients are looking for fat loss or, or to put on some size etc. Like that stuff comes with the over time and you know basically off of not just the program and the nutrition but. You know, how they're able to incorporate their, you know, and in, incorporate that with their lives. And, you know, there's going to be the plenty of, you know, potholes and bumps and that they're going to hit. You know, you know, it's life. You get what I'm saying? And, you know, life happens to people every single day. And, you know, you just can't say, you know, here's a program, go ahead, buy. Because that's not going to help them. That's not why they hired you. They hired you to, you know, help them navigate those storms and and even the good times, you know, because sometimes, you know, somebody can go through a really good moment in their life, you know, their life. And, you know, their version of celebrating is cracking open a bottle or two of of champagne and wine and, and overindulging on food, which you're like, you know what, this is a great time to celebrate, but let's do it responsibly in a sense. You get what I'm saying? And, And again, that's, that comes along with talking and coaching and, and just being able to help them in that, in that area. So, you know, you just don't want to, you know, you don't want good things to go bad and you definitely don't want to make bad things worse. Uh, so
0: do you have any advice for like new coaches on how to improve their, like, I wouldn't say technique, but just almost like a life skill to be able to connect to their clients and relate to them and have more empathy for them. Yeah. Uh, get outside
1: the box, you know, get outside their own lives. You know, I get it. You know, there's – we we all grow up. We all have our own life experiences. We all have our um, our own views on topics and politics and this and that, and that's fine. I mean, that's what makes us all individuals. But you're never going to be able to connect with anybody or, or understand anybody else if you're constantly – you know, taking their own lives and their own experiences, filtering them through your life experience and trying to tell them that they're wrong or that, you know, it's not a big deal if it is a big deal to them. You know, it's 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 a matter of, hey, understand that people come from so many, it's almost like an infinite amount of variables in every individual live, life. And, you know, you should probably take heed in, um, in learning about them and learning about their lives. And I mean, this is going to go a lot further than just uh, you know an assessment questionnaire. But this is why, for me, and maybe another coach might want to start using this. Is I expect my clients to be active. Uh, in our groups. And I expect them to, you know, give me a check-in, you know, not just email, but, you know, shoot me a message on Facebook Messenger. This is more geared towards my one-on-one clients. But even for my group clients, if some, if they're going through something really pressing that they just can't post in a group, of course, I'm going to be here to, to listen to them. And it's happened, you know, because again, we're still individuals, we're still human beings. And, you know, you got to be able to, connect with them. And again, I know it sounds very cliche and corny, but you got to meet them where they're at. And if you don't do that, you're not going to be a successful coach.
0: No, that makes sense. And I think a lot of people are kind of jumping on that online trainer, like train, and they might be kind of new to the industry and they might not have the life skills necessary to almost coach someone from like a rough patch in their life. And they're just kind of sitting there like, Oh, this person's probably just lazy. And you're like, yeah. no, like there's probably something going on in their life. You just have to dig deeper, and then you can actually, be like, oh shit, like I never knew that was going on in your life. So maybe I shouldn't be telling you that you need to do this all the freaking time. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let you know. Let's let's call a
1: spade a spade. Uh, social media has really made empathy and made understanding almost null and void which is a really bad thing especially for the newcomers in in personal training and and because through a keyboard you know through a computer screen and keyboard you have no filter because you don't see the repercussions of your statements you know there's there's no tone when you say something there's no there's no like feel to what you're what you're saying to someone so Let's just say let to to make you know give a quick comparison. Let's say person A is somebody that I'm training in the gym and I know I mean they, they pick their time slot to train with me because they've got three kids and their spouse has to go to work at this certain time and they get home from a certain time, but they know they need to get to the gym and it's like, you know, oh, they had a really bad night's sleep and like you see them as you interact with them face to face. You can really feel for them. You can see it in their in their in their movements, and you can see it in their body language. Because that was one of the first things I learned in in when I became a personal trainer. They say what well, like eighty percent of language is is eighty uh, percent of the language is body language. It's like not even it's not even what they say or how they say. It. It's literally how they walk into a room or how they walk into the gym or just how they. Move around in life, and you can kind of tell where people are at just by how they just by how you look at them. And I and not to sound and, and that that might be a subjective um, observation, so that might be a you know, I might be making a, a judgment, but you you look at that and then you go into the questions like, Hey, how are you doing? It, it does everything. You know, does everything seem, you know, is everything okay? You know, I saw that you came to the gym and you're just, you're kind of moseying around like, are you feeling all right? And then boom, next thing you know, it's wow, like I'm really going through this tough time. Whereas person B can be going through the same thing as person A, but you would never know because you're not seeing them. You're not feeling them. You're not, you're not getting that interaction, that face to face, you know, personality wise. And, you know, when, that's why I always say start in the gym first. Learn, you know, learn the language of people learn, you know, there are keywords that people say, you know, that, you know, you can kind of trigger a whole sort of questions next. Like, hey, you know, if you're in the gym and, you know, somebody right. says to you, you know, I'm really struggling with this. Um and you can see the, the the physical toll it's taking on this person. Well, after you get around several people, man, you know, men, women from all different types of, you know, financial backgrounds, um, socioeconomic, or that, I guess that would be financial, but just any type of background that these people are coming from, you can start you know, getting an idea of, wow, these are the people that are, that seem to be coming to me. And then next thing you know, it's like, all right, when you're online and you're not able to interact with them face to face like that, you know, that's when you start looking at the language of how they're typing. And it's kind of, you know, it's very tough, but yeah, man. I mean, you just got to be able to, you know, it's just one big learning curve, essentially, at the end of the day. It's, you know, you got to you got you to gotta learn people. That's that's really what it is. That, that's what all this is about. It's just learning about people and learning about what you know, where they're at, what they're doing and you know, where they want to go. And it, it really doesn't get any simpler than that. But it's actually, you know, it, it's simple, but it's tough. It's hard. You know, like yeah. the if you if that makes sense.
0: No, it does. And, like, speaking of online training, like, because everyone now is on the train of, like, memes and infographics, what do you like seeing on social media from online trainers and what do you hate seeing?
1: All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I – well, it's not that I don't – right. well, what I'll tell you what I do love seeing. I do love seeing – those infographs, those info memes that are, that really do take some complex topics, I guess. And again, it's a meme, right? And because it's complex, like it goes a lot further than the photo, but you know, it's makes it digestible for the people that are actually consuming it. So for instance, um, you know we we see a lot of these like or jordan actually jordan is one of the people I, I first saw this with and i've seen other variations of it but i think he was the first one i saw who had one you know like for instance calorie um calorie cycling you know people are you know we all know that calorie cycling is just another form of is just another method to add when you're dieting right like some people will want to eat more on their training days and less on their off days that's fine whereas it's not, gonna, it's not going to elicit the same amount – I mean it's not going to elicit more fat loss if you calorie cycle versus a straight deficit of the same calorie intake every single day. It's just that some people have a preference. So what he did was he showed how you can do it and at the end of the day, you, st- you know, at the end of the week, you still have to average out to this amount of calorie intake. And he was just able to put it together into a really simple, easy-to-digest visual – so that people can stop overthinking, I think that's the best type of info meme is when you can get people to stop overthinking. And um, you know, a lot of people are doing the same things when it comes to protein, carbs, and fat and alcohol. I've seen millions of those. What's a you know what's a carb? And they'll you know they'll 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 write carb on this on the meme, and then below it they'll post photos of like bread and pasta, protein. And then below that they'll post some chicken breasts and some steak, and below that they'll do fats and they'll post a little thing of. Butter or olive oil, and like it does show it does break down like, oh wow, these are what fats are. this is where I should be getting my primary fats from, this is where I should primarily be getting my carbs from, and this is where I should primarily be getting protein from, and of course, we all know what alcohol is all we need to do is throw down a bottle of scotch or tequila and we already know what we're talking about, <laughs> so it's like you know it's it's it when you when those are the type of things I like to see, what I don't like to see um. What don't I like to see? To be fair, I don't think I've seen a bad meme thus far. I, I'm actually thorough. now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like trying to think of something I don't like, and I can't even I can't even tell you. I, I haven't seen a bad info meme. At least the ones that because the ones that I've been seeing getting reshared are coming from people like Jordan, coming from people like um, Spencer Nadolsky, um, Sohi Lee. Um, yeah, like some of these are, are you know they're they're being reshared and that's a good thing. You know, they're coming from credible really intelligent trainers who are just really, you know, who whether I've had the, the 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 pleasure of you know interacting with them more than just a meme, you know what I mean, or like and actually having conversations with them. Um yeah, they're they're you know there's some really good stuff out there. I mean, I've made a couple myself, but eh, you know there's you know they're, they you know, they were pretty, again, pretty just simple memes. Like I like to incorporate like comedy in mine. So I like to use a lot of those as like laughing emojis and like the crying Jordan face, just because, you know, it, it kind of adds, it kind of adds a little bit of, of humor to the topic. Like I think my favorite one that I did was, you know, do you, you know, is fast cardio necessary? And I put a whole bunch of these like laughing, like, laughing obama and laughing Neymar and a uh, uh, laughing kobe and whatnot like lol no you don't need to do it and you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. pretty much you know just just keep it very simple for people
0: no and like you're right i don't think i've seen any bad memes out there which is like awesome and usually when stuff like this happens in our industry there's always a lot of bad shit but i think all these trainers have saw seen this like trend of doing memes they're like oh i need to get on this because it's super super easy and it can get to so many more people give good information and it just like circles through the only thing i've seen that was pretty bad was um someone actually stole jordan's um meme and just wiped out his name and put their name on it and i was like holy shit and like uh, his uh followers found it and then uh, they started commenting on this other coach's uh, page that he should stop plagiarizing Yeah. And I think, um, even I saw on Facebook, like Georgie fear stuff has been plagiarized too. And I'm like, why are you guys being so lazy? Like just take the time to like write your own thoughts down.
1: That's the thing. Like, you know, when you, when like plagiarism, plagiarism just has no, has absolutely like no room in anything in life in general. Right. Like for instance, I'll be the first to say I, I can admit to this. Um, I had a friend of mine who is a very you know well known you know trainer, and I needed help with one of my um, with one of my pages on my site, and I saw that he had a really good one, and you know I said, dude, like would you mind helping me, um, you know helping me draft up something like this? And he's like, yeah, like but, you know, just basically you can kind of um, use these bullet points like, you know, kind of you can use my format and how I've done it, but obviously put everything, you know, in your own words. And I got called, you know, not that I purposely tried doing it. Right. Like, you know, you can, you know, there there are accidents. And I obviously before I even published the page, I gave it to this person and I was like, can you just look this over? And he was like, dude, he's like, that's really close to mine. And I was like, shit. And I was just like, all right. He's like, Here, here's what I would do. And I was like, dude, thank you so much, because I don't want to be one of these people who goes around pretending like the things that I'm doing or that I'm using, if I didn't come up with it, is mine. It's just that's not how you do things. That's And that's one, it's not how you grow as a person, but that's how you really can ruin business. All right. Like because if you have no integrity, if you have no, you know, if, if, if you're not, you know, trustworthy, like nobody's going to come to you. So before I even published that, he was, you know, I was very, again, I'm just so thankful that he's a friend of mine. And I'm like, dude, like, thank you. I I want like, I need criticism like that because sometimes, yeah, people can get lazy, but at the same time, laziness is not (laughs) definitely not an excuse to plagiarize. And you know, I was, you know, for me, I was super thankful because again, I don't want to be known as somebody that like takes something and then that's it. You know what I mean? And you always give credit to where you got it from. And that's why I'm always big on giving credit. Like I'll tell you right now, I know this is kind of getting a little off on the tangent, but like when it comes to training principles or it comes to training ideas, like I've always, always, always will go back to Nick Tumanello and um, like learning from Greg Knuckles and all these other guys. If I ever say anything, I'm like, I will even message him and I'll say, hey, can I use this in a blog post and I'll, you know, and I'll cite you. And they're like, of course, as long as I cite these people and, or you cite people in general, and then you give the credit where credit's due, you're going to be fine. But it's when you go ahead and you try to take somebody's original thoughts or ideas and not give them credit. That's the issue, you know? And, and I just, I, you know, to see people plagiarizing and that's my biggest fear is somebody taking one of my memes or my blog posts and saying it's theirs because it's also happened to Mike Samuel um, with a lot of his older um, fitness stuff. And it got like, I remember it got taken from somebody else in like Australia, Not think- and he's in the UK, so you would think that like they wouldn't find out, but it is the internet and everybody finds out. So like, I was just like, man, you know, you always want to make sure that you, you've got yourself covered. And, you know, but then again, at the same time, when you give credit, you build rapport with these people too. And like, yeah. when they see yeah. that, they're more apt to help you then if you plagiarize them and then they will never help you. And that is not good.
0: Yeah, like If you look bigger picture, if you cite all of your information from all these other big names and you associate yourself with them, you kind of almost put your career up a peg or two by doing that oh, rather than like, yeah. <laughs> rather than be like, Oh yeah, this is all my own stuff. <laughs> hell yeah, dude. And I, that's
1: just something I refuse to ever, ever do. I want people to, when they come to me, they know that I have the support and I have the backing of some of the other heavy hitters in the industry and, and that, you know, that they're getting somebody who's genuine and honest and somebody with integrity and morals, because I'm huge mm-hmm. on that. And, you know, they you know, they have nothing to worry about, you know, that I will always have them and, you know, always have their, their, in, you know, their best interest in mind. And that's, what makes me, I would consider to be a good coach or a great coach. And that's what would make somebody else a great coach.
0: Uh, so let's get into nutrition cause we're already at like 30 minutes. This is just going yeah. way too fast. Um, so I want to talk about fad diets and going through your blog. I saw you wrote about the whole 30. I'm not a big fan of it. I would love to hear your take on it. Cause there's so many people that kind of are drawn to it. And they think that this thing is gonna just fix all their issues from like ten to fifteen years of bad eating habits, just laid on it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I actually have that uh, that post that I wrote about it. Um, I'm just gonna touch on a few of these um, major, these key things that I feel that. Well, number one, we all know that the you know, well, we all don't know, and I hope that people start learning is that the whole thirty is just one big contradiction of a "end quote" diet. And it's just a fear-mongering, in quote, diet. So, it's you know the, the I, I did go on their website under the Whole30 website because I wanted I actually wanted to look at what the rules were. I didn't want to be one of these people who you know just shitted it on a diet or or a method and not actually know. Excuse me. So I'm just going to touch on a couple of things that really just oh, oh my goodness just <laughs> drove me bananas. So one of their rules says in quote do not consume added sugar real or artificial. And I'm like holy shit dude you got to be kidding me right now. So I and I wrote I'm like look you know I can understand that added sugar you know I can understand added sugar cuz it just adds calories that aren't necessary, right? But artificial sweeteners are zero calories and they provide no energy. So they're pretty it's a it's an unlimited source of sweetening. And with I mean, with all the the research that's been done on this, you know, artificial sweeteners are not only safe, they don't cause cancer or headaches, and they basically, and, and these studies that have said that, oh, artificial sweeteners cause cancer and this, they've been done in rats. And anybody that has any beginner knowledge of how studies work, we all know that rats, are not the same as human beings. The metabolism of a rat is not the same as the metabolism of a human being. On top of that, when you have lab rats, you can alter DNA, you can alter a lot of things in in a rat to elicit a response, right? So that, in and of itself, I was like, you gotta be kidding me, there's so much, and almost every food that you eat has some type of sugar or artificial sweetener in it, right? Whether, I mean, you know, fruit, you know, fructose is, fruit sugar you know lactose is milk sugar like it's just it's 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 just ridiculous that people can stoop that low and try to again create fear when fear is not needed and that's just one aspect one was oh this one was annoying oh my goodness says do not eat grains I'm like oh my god (laughs) so I'm like why I was like, you know, grains for the most part are high in fiber. They're great for heart uh, heart health. If you're a person who's a vegetarian or vegan, you're gonna need grains because they have higher traces of protein. They're filling. Um, They're you know, the only time that you have to worry about grains for the most part is if you actually have celiacs, and or um, and that's only one percent of the population, like the world population, right? So, you figure for a hundred people, only one really should not have grains, and that's. And but all of a sudden, it's like everybody in their mother is 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 celiac or gluten sensitive, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me! And the first and and to, I don't know who out there has celiacs. I mean, you know, but I will tell you this: I had to make a burger for a friend of mine who has um, she has an auto uh, autoimmune uh, issue where if she does have gluten, she will get super bloated. But like it's a she's been medically diagnosed. So people are like, you know, they want these gluten free options and yada, yada, yada. But I'm like, you've never had to make a burger for somebody by themselves and like put the bun in you know on this you know on the rack by itself and cook this entire meal for one person by themselves because you know that the rest of the things that you're using in that burger or in, in your seasonings or whatever are probably you know have this type of thing this this type of protein essentially that's what that's what gluten is that can really cause an issue for someone. So when I made that burger, I was like, people who have, who don't have gluten sensitivity or not gluten sensitivity, cause that's not even right now, scientifically proven. Um, but celiacs is obviously a medical condition. So, you know, if you don't have that, you have nothing to worry about. And I'm just like, oh, again, this whole thing. And then, you know, it says don't eat legumes. All right. Yeah. And like, who doesn't want to eat beans? They're a great source of fiber and they're high in trace proteins. And just like little things like that, like all these things that they're saying. But then, just to touch on it real quick so that we can, you know, continue moving on. But then they say, you know, the fine print of acceptable exceptions to the rules or you, food that you can eat. So they said that you can't have dairy, but you're allowed to eat clarified butter. Or g I don't even I don't even know how to say this, it. g butter or clarified butter. But it's all milk proteins, right? Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they say you can have fruit juice. So they said you, you can have fruit juice, but you can't have sugar. What? Like all this crap. I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, so needless to say, yeah, this whole, whole, the whole 30 is just one big, um, it's just one big contradiction and it's, really just a fear-mongering diet. And I want to say that there was an article posted on this recently about it being like one of the worst diets that you can actually follow. Um, I would have to find that. I have to find that exact article where it was published, but they just did a a whole study on this. And yeah, they were like, this is actually one of the worst diets you can actually follow. I was like, well, yeah, when you have all these contradictions, you don't know what the hell to eat. You're you're better off eating freaking air and sunlight. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, it's so restrictive, right? And then you have someone who does it for the full thirty days. At the end of the thirty days, they're like, "I can eat everything now," and they're just gonna go binge like crazy. Like that's it. it. It's, it, it they set you up for failure, and yep. you're like, I don't know. After a couple months, you gain all your weight back, and you're like, "Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to do it again and feel and miserable." That's <laughs>
1: exactly. You know, like disordered eating is disordered eating is not to be likened to an eating disorder but an eating you know an eating disorder yeah, let me rephrase that a dis, you know disordered eating can lead to eating disorders um, and people are are they're just so fearful for no reason and it's because you know I hate to say it but I'm not one of these like oh the mainstream media but no th- this time the mainstream media it's you know you there's all these documentaries on Netflix that are just full of nonsense one of my buddies just now was like did you read about how eggs are as bad, you know, are, are as bad as having cigarettes? I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. And this is coming from one of my friends who knows what I do. And then I'm like, dude, eat all the eggs you want. That is far from the truth. But when you have the, the you know, these media outlets are able to produce these type of things, it it's kind of makes it hard for the truth to get out there because – you know, the, the truth doesn't sell and it's not sexy.
0: Have you seen that video uh from Funnier Die, the time traveling dietitian? No, I have not.
1: <laughs> but I'm sure I'm gonna wanna see, I'm gonna have to see that.
0: It's so like so it starts off with this like husband and wife. Husband sits down to eat breakfast and he has steak, eggs, and like some toast. And it's like I don't know, nineteen fifty or something like that, and then a time traveling dietitian comes in, and he's like, Wait, don't eat that. He's like, What? Your eggs, they cause your cholesterol to go up. And then they like throw away the eggs. The guy leaves. And then a time travel dietitian comes back. He's like, wait, you can't eat the steak. It's bad for you. It's bad for your heart. It's going to clog up your arteries. And he comes back and he's like, oh, you can't eat your toast. Bread is bad for you. And he keeps coming back and forth, back and forth. And at the end of it, he's like, by the way, all that stuff you can actually eat. And so I'm like... This just points out how frustrating it is in our industry. And anytime you get a new client, they're like, "Well, what am I supposed to eat?" Like they just don't know. They read one article, then they read another one, and another one. And they're like, "I just don't know what to eat."
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just get very, you know, especially because it's online. And again, it's not a convers like when you post things online, you got to kind of be very clear in, in what you say. Um, you can't really, leave, you know, when it comes to general information, it's general, but it's pretty direct. So for instance, what I do is like after a conversation like what we're having right now, or if I have a conversation with a, with the client and they're asking, like even just a couple of days ago, I posted one about how on, you know, I have all my clients track their food via my fitness pal. It's a great food tracker. Of course it is. However, the articles that come out of that thing, I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is freaking ridiculous. Like she posted, she said, you know, Hey coach Lou, um, what do you think about this? You know? And the, the, the title of the article was "Can you, can the in quote second breakfast end quote be the uh, be your secret to weight loss?" I'm like, you can't be serious right now. What? But people read this, and then next thing you know, they're, they're having two breakfasts, and, and then they're gaining weight because they, they haven't changed their eating patterns. They haven't changed anything, but now they're adding another breakfast because, you know because oh, this, this article says I can have two breakfasts, and I'm going to lose weight. I'm like, come on, people. Like, oh, <laughs> <ugh>. yeah. So <laughs> that's where I'm at with my fad diet nonsense. I just – it's all these fad diets, like – and they're not going to go away. They, unfortunately, I wish they would, but they're not going to because your podcast reaches thousands of people. I can reach a few thousand people, but there are billions of people in this world. So there are plenty of people out there that have no idea who you are, who have no idea who I am. And even if you and I together put out the best of the best information, there are going to be people out there that are going to be sticking with this until the day they die. And it's unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Now, I'm interested because I started asking this question. um, Is there anything that you're struggling with either in fitness, nutrition, life in general?
1: Hmm. My own struggles. Yeah, yeah, of course. I'd be lying if I said I didn't have any struggles. Um, I mean, again, I'm newly married. I've been married just over a year and probably my biggest struggles, you know, it's, it's patience, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm now living with my wife and, you know, we've, you know, we spent so much time apart that when we moved in, we got married and we moved in together and it's, it's learning about each other. Right. So that, you know, can take a toll on other areas of life, but we, tr- but we definitely don't let it, you know what I mean? Because there's, there's choices that we make every day. And especially when it comes to fitness and nutrition, because of what I do, it, you know, we don't allow Anything that we might go through or that we deal with from a personal level in a in a relational you know marriage type context, we don't let that affect our our training and our eating because again we there are so many things in life that you you can control that you can manage. Um, so when we you know that that would be it, like you know. But but I'm not afraid to say that either. You know what I mean? Because again, you know, I am human. I'm human just like everybody else. Um, when it comes to fit, you know, fitness, when it comes to training, like I'm prepping for a show right now. And I'll be lying if I said that. You know, there are just some days I just don't want to go lift. Like I'd rather just chill in the house, and I'd rather just freaking watch Netflix and or or work on my business, even though I know that I have a goal and I'm trying to get back on stage. So like. There, you know, it's, it's those things, you know, like, again, we all have our, we all have our, 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 our um, you know, I guess you could say like we all have our, our issues, our struggles, our whatever. But I, like I tell my clients, look, focus on the things that you can control, that you can do something about and anything that you can't try not try your best not to worry about it or try your best at least not to let it get to you and allow it to affect other areas of your life that are actually going really well or that you can control and you can handle. Um because if and you know and that is you know that is really big when it comes to eating, especially people emotionally eat. You know, they can be upset about something they eat. They are angry with somebody they eat. You know, like instead of just saying, okay, I'm only eating this because I'm super stressed and we do it it happens i've done it i did it last year during my prep for a show when i got super stressed about some stuff and boom you know i was hammering down jelly beans like crazy more than i should have and i'm talking only 2 or 3 weeks away from my show i was part i was really hungry i was really emotional i'm an emotional man i can't help it and i just let my emotions get to me and i just hammered down as much jelly beans as i wanted because i was craving it and i just said screw it and in hindsight, it didn't necessarily affect me, you know, that one time that I did it. But I also was aware and I wanted to make sure that it never happened again or do my best to not let it happen again. Because, again, it, you know, you got to separate your emotions. Well, you got to try your best to separate your emotions from other aspects of, 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 of your life, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: No, oh, it does. And I wanted to get into, like, your kind of – I know traditions or a kind of method into cutting for a show because i think it's kind of interesting because like when i used to work in a big box gym bodybuilding and figure competitions were the thing and every coach had their own kind of system for prepping for a show with their clients like what's your kind of method like 12 weeks out leading up to a show well
1: to be very fair um i don't necessarily like so that's my first like right off the bat I don't just say, hey, you're 12 weeks out, let's go. I don't prep people for a show necessarily. I, I prep them for a show, but what I mean by that is I'm not going to try to squeeze out everything that they have in a short amount of time because you just don't know how the body is going to react, right? But if you get ready and you give yourself enough time, the goal, to, the goal for a show is to be ready weeks before you even have to step up on stage. So by the time you get down to virtually your stage condition, you can go right back into maintenance levels of, of intake and just maintain that that physique. So, you know, there are a lot of voodoo woo woo crazy nonsense that I still hear. It's freaking 2017. There are so many great prep coaches out there. You know, and I would con- I would consider myself a really good one. Maybe not great, but I'm really good at it and you know, I have conversations with people and, you know, the friend of mine is is actually prepping for a show. And, you know, her coach told her that she can't have coffee because it, ruin, it interacts with the other natural diuretics, which you shouldn't be on diuretics regardless. You know, why would you want to take out water from the muscle? That's just ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. That's another topic of another day. Um, but, you know, can't have coffee but can have green tea. I'm like, what? Like, what? Does, does, does it even make sense? You know, like, no gum, no mints. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me right now. Like, but this is what's still going on in freaking 2017. I'm like, I thought we were past this, but apparently we're not. So my protocols are, the same thing is, for, honestly, for the most part, getting somebody prepped for a show is almost no different than getting somebody who's 50 pounds overweight and wants to lose body fat, you set your deficit, you eat your protein, you eat your carbs, you eat your fat, the leaner you get, then we start, you know, you only really start worrying about those type of protocols, so to speak, the leaner you get, like when you're getting down to 10, 9, 8% body fat and stepping on stage, you're probably going to be about four or 5% body fat, you know. Yeah. Well, we have refeeds at that point. Most likely. Will there be a, a, a miniature diet break? Most likely. Um, is there going to be added cardio? Cause I mean, to get to that level of leanness, you, you got to get your cardio done, you know, like for the most part, most people have to do it. Yeah. But for, but that's later on and that's later down the line. Like you don't have to worry about that when you first start dieting and that, you know, so that's how I run things. I don't, I don't, think of it like, oh my God, you're, you're, you're a competitor and we've got to do this. No, you still got to train. You still got to eat. You still got to get lean. The, once you get to a level of leanness that like, all right, now we've got to worry about more cardio or we've got to worry about, you know, maybe we've got to drop your, you know, your calories even lower than normal because again, you you know, that's how it's done. You know, that's the uncomfortable part of, of contest prep. Then we worry about that. But until then, like you don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't bite off more than you even need to, and just go on with your life. You know what I mean? Like it's just so it just boggles my mind how people get so into their head about this type of stuff. And I'm just like, ugh. And then you have all these the these bro type coaches out there that are like, you know, you can't eat, you know, you, you can't eat this protein, but you can have tilapia because it thins your skin. And I'm like, you sir <laughs> are ignorant. Like, it's just that, oh, yeah, it bothers me. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. That's just how I get ready for a show.
0: I I think the best one I've heard when I was working at the big box gym, there's this old school bodybuilder. He was probably 40s or early 50s. And he was saying that when he coaches his clients or when he gets on stage, the night before, he would go to the store buy preparation H and put that all over his abs, saran wrap it, so then it would take out all the water out of his skin, so then on the day of the competition, he'll look super shredded. I'm like, that sounds disgusting. (laughs) It's (laughs) awful, dude.
1: Like, if you feel that you need to do some woo-woo voodoo stuff, then you didn't diet and train properly. Like, I hate to say it, like, I get it, you know, people put their... Put everything they have into this. And I am and I will – you cannot discredit people who are getting ready for shows. You can't. You cannot. Like even if some of the things that they do are just like insanely crazy, like you were that dedicated. I can't get mad or I can't necess- – well, I can fault you for going that extreme route. But I can't get mad that you really were disciplined enough to even follow that. That said, like – There are just some things that you're just like, wow, like this is just not happening right now. Like it's not. This just can't happen, you know. And and, and people need to be more well-versed on prepping for a show. And I think that's what I'm going to write my next blog post on. Thank you.
0: (laughs) There you go. Another thing I was like curious about when people go into these competitions, like I almost want to know why they're going into it. And I've had a conversation with clients that were kind of thinking about it. And I asked him like, why do you want to do it? And mainly these were all women and they were all like, I just want to look better. I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure even if you get into competition mode and you're about to get on stage, you're probably still not going to be happy with your body. Cause I don't think anybody Big. is like, absolutely is like, Oh, absolutely. I'm finally where I want to be. And absolutely. like, I met this other woman who was, she's done competitions for like 12 years. And at the end of it, now she's married. She has a, regular job and everything that's behind her. I'm like, well, was it worth it after the 12 years? What Did you ever get to a point where you're like, yes, I'm happy with my body. And she just like looked at me kind of sad. And she's like, no, it wasn't worth it for me. So I'm almost one like wondering, like, why do you do competitions? Like what, what, what do you get from it? Man, that's a very
1: good question. Um, honestly, I just love the, I love the, challenging my body. And when I first started competitions back in like 2011, I usually do like one show or two shows a year. Um, I only really love doing shows because one, it is me walking the talk. Um, not that everybody, not that cause the majority of my clients, maybe one or two at a time will prep for a show versus the other 99, 98% of people that just want to lose a little bit of body fat. Um, But it's a way for me to maintain my discipline. You know, I think we, you know, everybody, I think, I think that if you're going to be a coach that, you know, wants to train other people, especially if their goals are body composition goals, like it's a way to show, again, it's, it's a way to show, That you can understand where where their head might be at. And it's also the intent, I guess. Um, For me, like I said, I I like doing shows simply just because, like, for me, it's fun. It it actually is fun to do. Um, The only thing that's not fun is shaving and that really sucks when it grows back. <laughs> and I've had people try to tell me there and I've done there yada yada. But like that is probably like the extent of how bad it sucks. Is is like when your hair grows back. But like stepping on stage knowing that you trained as hard as you could, you know, you were disciplined with your with your nutrition, you know, it, it, it's rewarding in a sense, right? Like it, it, it's fun. It's it's fun to make your body look the best it ever has. But it's you don't find yourself worth in your body. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to find like, and that's the thing. Like, and this isn't just women. This is men too, who they want to step on stage and they're just not happy with their bodies in general. Like they, they're happy that they got on stage, but then it's like, they want to stay that way forever. And staying so lean is just not healthy. It's just not your, your body fats are so low, you know, your immune systems compromise when you get to that level of leanness. Um, it's just, you know, it, it's it's being that lean for a show year round is just not. It's just not healthy. So, I do it because it's. Again, I I guess I can I can't really say much about it. You know, say much more, but it, it for me it's fun. It is a way for me to walk my walk, and talk my talk, and show people that. But I think now I you know my my way of doing it or or the intent is to show that like look you can really get into great, great, great shape and not have to do it at the expense of your social life, your family life, uh, doing it with these extreme type tactics. Like all you have to do is be in a deficit, train and then get lean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, and some people just are, are, or, and, and, and some people are really hard uh, responders and they don't respond really well to this type of, of dieting and training. And I'm like, look, like, it's also not worth putting your body through like if you can't if it's really difficult for you to try to get get that lean it might not be in your cards to even do it because the only way you're going to do it is by some type of real extreme measure and it's just again not worth it
0: no that was a good answer and like i had one friend she went into a competition for the first time and i asked her like why do you want to do it and she's like i just want to see what my body can do she did her show. She did awesome. And then she was like, yeah, I'm done with that. I'm going to do something else now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's perfect. But then when you get someone saying, I just want to look better and it's like, well, I don't know if a show's going to like do that for you. Cause you're still going to be like, Oh, I wish my calves were a little bit more defined, or I wish this part of my ab popped out a little bit more. Like there's always going to be something that you're going to find to change.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I made I made a post about this a while back. Um, I think one of the the major things when it comes to you know doing a show is like, look, if you want to do it because you think you're gonna look better, just remember you're being now judged subjectively. Well, it's a mix of object uh, object you know objective judgment as well as subjective judgment. and you're gonna be compared your body's gonna be compared to. I don't know, 10, 20, 30 other people. Like, if you already have a crap, you know, uh, a a, a crap relationship with your body and you don't like it, what do you, how do you think you're going to feel after you have, um, after you've been judged and you've got like third call outs you didn't even make first call outs to the you're not even top 5 or top 10 even you're going to go back and be like wow i really hate my body like that's not healthy <laughs> that's no. not going to help you that's not going to that's not going to make you better you know what i mean it's just going to make your relationship with your body even worse so if you're going to go into some type of show like this and you're going to compete and be in the you know be with judges then You probably should start appreciating your body well in advance. Before, like, appreciate your body for what it is now, and know that it's going to get, you know, like, yeah, of course it's going to get better. It might not be the best on stage, but it's the best that you can do, and that's all you can. That's all you can appreciate.
0: So now, if you had to give advice for someone who's contemplating getting into a competition, what are like some things you would say to that individual? I'll
1: tell them. One, they. They have to really, they have to be in a in a place where they can really love their bodies at the moment, right? And they really have to understand the sacrifices that they're going to be making along the way. Um, and again, I know it's not the sacrifice in the sense that like, oh, you're not going to be able to hang out with your friends anymore. Or, but like, if you're getting prepped for a show, like, yeah, you know, you're going to be the one out. You're going to be the one at the restaurant when your friends are going out, and they're trying to get you to, you know have, num- you know, multiple drinks and this and, and these foods at the, at the restaurant that just aren't going to help you reach your goal. Like, yeah, it gets a little uncomfortable, but you know, that's, that, that's the, you know, the name of the game. Like it, it's going to take some sacrifice in that area. But for the most part, it's just understanding that like, look, it's not for everybody. And if you really want to get on stage, you got to do it the right way. you got to do it in a sane way. If anybody's having you do some like extreme type things, run the opposite way and find yourself a reputable coach that's going to actually help you achieve your goal um, in a really, in a realistic and efficient and healthy way. Because if you don't, you're going to set yourself up for really bad disordered eating. You're going to set yourself for binging. You're going to set yourself up for more, you know, body dysmorphia. And that's just not a road that you want to travel.
0: That was it. That was awesome. (laughs) I think this is a good place to stop, too, because we're already at an hour and these things go so fast and I don't know where the time goes. But (laughs) now, if you have any um, like projects coming up or any kind of like exciting news, let the audience know right now.
1: Uh, I started vlogging my, my prep actually for this for the show that I'm doing so they can find that. Um, under youtube.com backslash lg the trainer and then you know the the same old facebook.com backslash coach Louis, louie l o u i e m g f as well as instagram.com backslash l o u i e underscore guarino g u a r i n o and yeah just connect it's um, i'm i'm pretty easy going i'm not
0: (laughs) (laughs) no the vlog is a good idea do you do like the typical like you already turn the camera on as you're waking up and you have everyone follow you around (laughs) no hell no dude i'm
1: not that i don't want people that (laughs) intrusive into my life um however i did earlier today um i added this part to go into the video today and i literally had just woken up and i made my way to starbucks and i recorded it um as i was finishing up with the video and i uh I put like this like overlay on the video. I was like, this is my just waking up face. Cause I looked tired, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Nice. I didn't care. I was like, if I didn't get it done now, I wasn't getting it done. So <laughs> that's it, dude. I'm, 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 I, I really just like to showcase my training so far as like what I did that day. So I'll, it's, it's really just stuff in the gym. Um, I'll, I'll tell them like, you know, how many sets of reps I'm doing, what the exercise I'm doing and, you know, adding some music just to make it sound good.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much for your time. This was this plain awesome. Yeah, dude. Thank, no, thank you. I'm glad that we have, we got this part
1: two. Maybe there'll be a part three or part <laughs> yeah. four
0: today. Eventually, yeah, eventually. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap up episode 57, part two with Louie. Hopefully you enjoyed that. And I just want to say the Transformation Challenge registration is open. So for those who are listening that are not coaches but are weight loss enthusiasts, I highly recommend you check out the Transformation Challenge. If you follow me on social media, I've posted tons about it, what it is, what it can do for you, what you're going to learn, and if you have any questions, feel free to email me at rafael at empowerhp.ca or just connect through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll be happy very happy for you to reach out and I'll answer all your questions. And again, please share this podcast. That would be awesome. That would be great. And until next week.